Hello everyone, Happy New Year, Happy 2024. Welcome to the first 2024 episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in the Greenville area. You can find all of my contact information in the show notes. As always, if you need to reach out to me for any of your Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Pickens, all the upstate of South Carolina, any upstate of South Carolina needs, please reach out to me there. I'd be happy to help you. I'd be happy to talk about the show. Whatever it is that you want to uh, chat about, if you don't already have it, get my contact information in the show notes. And please, reminder as always, please like, rate, review, subscribe, all of those things to the show Selling Greenville. We're on just about every podcast platform, including YouTube, uh, which I hope to expand this year. So please, please reach out to, uh, or don't reach out to those platforms, but just hit the subscribe button. If you can like or comment or rate or review the show, please do those things as well. We are going to kick off the year right. 2024, man, 2023 went by fast. It was a weird year. It went by very fast. Here we are. Um, I'm I'm technically recording this at the end of uh, of 2023, so it's not yet the new year as I'm recording this, but I will be releasing this uh, in the new year. So I hope you guys had a great holiday season, a great new year. Um, it was at least insofar as we've gotten through it so far, because like I said, I'm recording this prior to the new year, uh, but so far the holiday season. Uh, has been phenomenal for for me and for my family. And uh, today I want to talk about uh, bold predictions for the year. This is one of my favorite episodes. We we start off the year with one of my favorite episodes, the bold predictions for the year. And I have ten bold predictions for you. And uh, what's funny is there is a uh, pretty well renowned real estate expert mastermind. Um, who did his 2024 bold predictions recently, and he only gave three of them, and they weren't particularly bold, in my opinion. I've got 10 bold predictions for you guys, and uh, and I think that they're pretty good, in, in my opinion. And uh, if you listen to my bold predictions from 2023 recap, I got five to five and a half uh, of my 10 from last year right. I'm hoping to increase that. I'm hoping to get to at least 60% or more uh, of my bold predictions for this year to be accurate. And uh, quite a bit of research has gone into this. I don't do, and, and I'll share, if you're on YouTube, I will be sharing uh, some charts and some things at at, uh, at a few points that will uh, show some of the data behind some of these bold predictions. But there really aren't any bold predictions that I have in here that don't have at least some data element to them. I've got data kind of backing everything. Uh, but before we get in real quick, I just want to say, if you're listening to this before January the 5th, you have an opportunity to be a part of a giveaway. I'm giving away a $200 uh, Amazon gift card. You can be a part of that, but you have to listen to the final episode of 2023 in order to get that. That's where I spill the beans on how to uh, win that gift card. And it will be random at the end of the day, but there are some things that you have to do in order to get into the random drawing. And uh, so please, if you're listening to this prior to January 5th and you've not yet heard the episode before, please make sure you listen to that so you have a chance to get in on that giveaway. All right, here we go. Bold predictions for 
2000 for the year 2024. We're going to start with the thing that a lot of people want to want to know and really the big question mark going into this year. This is the thing that controls so many things in real estate and it is mortgage rates and specifically what the Federal Reserve is going to do. Now before I give my bold prediction, I want to say that this is the first year in a long time that we've had as much debate as we currently are having over what the Fed will do. Here's what I've heard. I've heard uh, economic experts and analysts say the Fed is going to start cutting rates in the first quarter. I've heard some say the Fed is going to start cutting rates in the second quarter. I've heard some say the Fed is going to start cutting rates in the third quarter. Some that the Fed is going to start cutting rates in the fourth. Some that the Fed won't cut rates at all. Some that the Fed's going to raise rates, and some that the Fed's going to cut rates and then re-raise them. And I'm I'm not exaggerating. I follow a lot of different people that are well-respected in economics and in housing uh, that have made their predictions on this. And then you can also look at predictions that, you know, big companies like Goldman Sachs and, uh, and Blackstone and BlackRock, companies like that, Merrill Lynch, projections, predictions that they are making as far as the Fed, nobody agrees. This is the first time in a long time that nobody is in agreement over what the Fed is going to do. And so it's really a big question mark. Here's what I think. Here is my number one bold prediction for the year. I think that the Fed is going to begin cutting rates in the second quarter of 2024. Now, admittedly, this is a bit of a projection. Um, but I don't think that they're going to cut rates in the first quarter. Um, I, I think that they're going to need the next three months to kind of reassess, okay, what's happening, what's happening in the economy. But I think that by the end of the first quarter, I think that they're going to see some meaningful uh, economic slowdown data coming through. And I think at that point is when we're going to start seeing some of the rate cutting. Now, the Fed has essentially said um, in their projections, that they're going to cut rates three times this year. Um, the markets are assuming that the Fed is going to cut rates more than that, perhaps six times, um, it, and and maybe even more than that. Um, I will pull up here. Oh, this is interesting. Um, I'm going to share my screen real quick. If you're on YouTube, you can you can see this. Hold on. Let me see if I can do this. All right. What I'm going to share with you guys is the uh, the 10 year yield data. Let's see if I can. Okay, I think I, I think I shared it with you. Um, well, hold on. I apologize for this. Let's try this one more time. There we go. All right. The 10-year yield is one of the things that we look at in order to uh, determine what's happening with rates. And the the 10-year yield kind of has been fluctuating dramatically based on what the Federal Reserve is saying. So this is where we're kind of seeing what how the markets are responding to the Federal Reserve. Um, if the Federal Reserve seems like they're making more cuts, we see the 10-year yield go down. And then that makes the 30-year fixed rate mortgage go down. Well, the, uh, as I'm recording this, this, is December 27th, I'm recording this, the yield is at 3.794, 
right at this moment. That's crazy. That's that's the lowest that it's been since uh, July. Okay, and you can see if you're looking on YouTube, you can see it looks like we we've kind of formed like a, a mountain uh, sort of dynamic where this number got all the way up to four point nine eight eight in uh, just October of uh, of this past year of 2023, and then um, it has been gradually on the descent since it basically kissed five percent on the 10-year yield, and now we're all the way back down to three point seven nine. Um, and that has had a dramatic impact on mortgage rates, if that's what you're wondering. Uh, let's pull up what mortgage rates are doing in response to this. Currently, they're at 6.61%. They've been hovering basically around 66 to 6.7 uh, for much of the past week or two. And that is a big relief for people as opposed to what they had been experiencing um, where it was near 8%. For uh, for several weeks, and so um, that's something uh, that we need to track. But I think what's going to happen is I think that the Fed is going to begin cutting rates in the, in the second quarter of 2024, and I think that they think that they're that they need to cut rates more than three times, and that's why the market is assuming that they will. Here's the thing: the Fed couldn't say they couldn't come out and say we're going to cut rates six times in 2024. We're going to cut rates eight times in 2024. They couldn't say that because if they said that the market would have gone bonkers, right? They put out in their projections that they're going to cut rates only three times and the market immediately went went bonkers um, in, in terms of uh, how people approach bonds and even the stock market as well. Um, even crypto has been bullish for those of you uh, into crypto. Not not me. I do own some crypto, but I'm not, I'm not a crypto bull <laughs> by any stretch. Um, but long story short, um, the Fed did what they had to do. They had to. They wanted to say that they were going to cut rates, but they wanted to to say it without going crazy. And so, essentially, what they've been broadcasting is that they're going to cut it three times. But I think they believe that they're going to do it more. But they couldn't say that they were going to do it more because then the markets would have swung so far uh, in the opposite direction that uh, it, it could have actually hurt what the Fed was doing, and force the Fed into raising rates even more, which they certainly don't want to do. So that is my bold prediction number one. We'll have to wait for April, May, and June, see if those are the months where the first Fed rate cut comes into play of the year, um, and that will be very interesting. Bold prediction number two. A lot of you guys are going to be excited to hear this. Doomers, not so excited. If, but hopefully I don't have too many doomers listening to or watching the show because I don't really care for the people that are just always looking for a recession. But I am predicting this year that there will be no recession in 2024. I think that the Federal Reserve is going to be able to say that they achieved what they've been calling the soft landing. What is the soft landing? Basically, the soft landing is inflation coming down without a job loss recession. Now, you could argue, well, there's other recession indicators. Yes, there's other recession indicators, but in this post-pandemic environment, really the job loss element and the wage growth element, those are the two things that I think are the most important things uh, to look at. And I think that's what most uh, economists and analysts, uh, market analysts are looking at as well. And I think that we're going to have no recession. We're, we're going to look back and say that wasn't a job loss recession. That wasn't a wage growth recession. We had no 
meta recession. I've been saying the housing market has been a recession now for about a year and a half. Um, that is still true to this day. But talking about the broader economy, I think that we will achieve a soft landing in 2024. And we'll look back and say that really a remarkable thing was accomplished by the Fed, uh, regardless of what you think about them. You could say they they put us in this mess. I think there's some accuracy to, to that statement. Um, but to get us out of this mess was never going to be easy. Um, and so far, it seems like they have done the right thing. I'm predicting there will be no recession in the year 2024. I also think the fact that it's a presidential uh, uh, election year, I think that that does factor in. Like it or not, that does factor in. Um, I do think that if there were indicators in the economy that a recession might be coming, uh, then I think that probably Congress would start to get more aggressive in terms of trying to uh, do things in addition to what the Fed is already doing, maybe some kind of stimulus or something like that, uh, stimulus package. I could 100% see that happening in an election year. So all of those things combined, I say, we're not going to have a recession. I thought we would have a recession in 2023. Didn't happen. So I'm going to say, you know what? The economy today is not what the economy was in 2019. What the Fed is doing today doesn't impact the economy in the same way it would have in 2019. I think that we're going to experience no recession in 2024. Now, maybe that'll be a can-kicking kind of thing where we will see it in 2025. I don't know. But for right now, what I'm seeing, I don't see it in the data for 2024. Bold prediction number three. I believe, and, and okay, when I first started writing these bold predictions, I first started doing this in, uh, in December, like early, early December of uh, like the, the very beginning. Actually, I may have started working on this uh, in uh, late November. Um, mortgage rates were in the sevens when I first wrote this. Since then, they've come into the sixes. So this isn't as bold of a prediction as I thought it would be when I first wrote it because it was pretty bold when I wrote it. Um, but my prediction, nonetheless, is that mortgage rates will spend the entire year in the sixes as measured by the website Mortgage News Daily. That's the website that most people are using for tracking what the 30-year fixed rate mortgage is doing. I predict that it will not go out of the sixes the entire year. It won't go into the sevens, and it won't go into the fives. Um, this one, again, it could very easily swing in either direction. I think it's a lot easier to see it swing in the direction of going into the sevens than it is to see it swinging towards going into the fives. As I said, as I'm recording this, it's 6.61. Um, and so there's a lot that would have to happen for it to go into the fives. Um, but it has been coming down. Um, so we'll have to see. But my prediction is that we will not see it in the sevens or the fives the entire year. It will remain in, in the sixes on average. Now, there's still rate buy-down options for buyers uh, out there. If you're, if you're wanting to have a seller buy down your rate, you have that option at your disposal. That's something you can negotiate. And not just with new home builders. You can do that with any home that's on the market. Um, but uh, in terms of averages without rate buy-downs, I think that they will remain in the sixes. How about, let's talk about prediction number four, inventory. There's a lot right now. When, when you start looking at, uh, if, if you guys want to go on uh, you know, housing Reddit or housing Twitter, Oh, again, a lot of doomers out there, and they are ready 
for inventory to spike. They're ready for the housing market to just be, to just have a glut of new real estate come into it. I've got news for you. I don't see it. We are very close to pre-pandemic levels. We've talked about this the past couple of months. We've been inching up closer to uh, pre-pandemic inventory levels. So this one is a bold prediction. And, and I'm not confident with this at all, but I'm going to make the prediction anyway that inventory will remain below pre-pandemic levels for the entire year. We're only a few hundred uh, homes coming on the market away from this prediction being wrong. But I, I do see in the data, I think we'll continue to have suppressed inventory, and I think demand will bounce back before supply does. Um, and I think that with these lowering mortgage rates, I think we, we're probably going to see in the first quarter more demand uh, coming in than supply coming in. And so my prediction is that inventory is going to remain suppressed and is going to remain the lowest, not the lowest that we've seen since the pandemic, but lower than we've seen since the pandemic happened. Um, let's talk about pending sales, right? Pending sales when a home goes under contract in a given month. And I'm predicting that pending sales for the first quarter will be down year on year. And on the flip side, though, will increase probably slightly for the remaining three quarters. So we're going to see pending sales take a year over year decline in the first three months of the year. And then after that, I think we're going to see a year on year increase for pending sales uh, for each following quarter. So this is not a monthly thing that I'm going to be looking at. I'm going to be looking at this on a quarterly basis. I think what's going to happen is the first quarter is still going to be playing a little bit of catch up. And if you remember pending sales of last year uh, really was strong in the month of, I believe it was March. Um, I think that probably what's going to happen is we're going to see that stronger second quarter this year. And then uh, we'll see that uh, after the second quarter, we'll see the third and fourth quarters where it was pretty, you know, on a meta level, pretty slow in terms of pending sales here in the upstate because of those, again, those mortgage rates going up around 8%. Um, and so what I think is that the, the final three quarters of the year are going to be probably pretty, pretty strong in comparison to what they were in 2023. Um, and I, but I think that the first quarter of 2024 will probably, uh, be similar, but a little bit down in terms of pending sales from the first quarter of 2023. Let's talk about days on market. Um, when we look at homes one of the and, and what the market is doing, one of the key things we look at is how many days on market are we seeing on average? How, how long are homes sitting on the market before they go under contract? Um, I was wildly off with this uh, prediction for last year, but I'm going to try again this year. And my prediction this year is that days on market won't go above 60 for the entire year. That is my prediction. Um, I believe last year I predicted, hold on, let me let me look at this. Uh, I predicted that it, it would uh, come in at or above 70. I didn't make that exact prediction, but essentially what I predicted was that we would we would get days on market at or above 70. Uh, that we didn't even come anywhere close to that. Um, and I, again, I don't see the dynamics being much different this year. I see this um, housing market being similar in a lot of ways to last year, unless we see rates go into the low sixes, high fives. I think that's when we could see a lot of demand start to enter into 
uh, into the market. But I don't see supply increasing enough for days on market to go up above 60. I think it's going to remain above 60 days uh, for the entire year of 2024 um, on a monthly basis. Okay. Number seven, bull prediction number seven. I'm predicting that the number of single family closings will rise slightly for 2024 versus 2023. I think somewhere between zero to 3%. Um, this is in contrast to many of the national experts that are expecting there to be national declines in single family closings. So I believe in the Greenville market, we will see a slight increase, even if we possibly see a decrease nationally. Um, but I don't think that the increase will be that big. I think it will be between 0 to 3% in terms of how many closings we have in the Greenville market. Inventory is still suppressed. Demand is still, you know, it will probably go up a little bit this year, but it's not going to go up uh, so much that uh, that we're just going to see closing skyrocket. I think we'll see a slight increase in closings year on year in the Greenville market. That's for single family. What about multifamily? I think that we will see multifamily sales in Greenville MLS, and that's an important distinction, right? Because there's a lot of multifamily sales that happen outside of, of the multiple listing service, okay? Um, but I am a residential realtor, not a commercial realtor, so I am looking mostly at MLS when I'm looking at these types of things. And, uh, and in Greenville MLS, mostly it's small multifamily, right? Duplexes, by and large, sometimes some triplexes or quads, sometimes some small mobile home parks or small apartment buildings or things of that nature will pop up in there. Uh, but we've never, ever in the history of Greenville MLS had more, ha have uh, gotten to 100 closings in a single year in multifamily sales. I think that this is going to be the year that it happens. And I want to show you guys um, something. And again, multifamily in... Uh, in MLS is not the same as when you see data about, you know, just multifamily in general. It's not one-to-one -one type of comparison. Nonetheless, I do want to show you guys something I found interesting. Multifamily serious delinquencies, in other words, multifamily that has uh, 90 plus days in foreclosure, is at its highest point since 2012. We're now at, and it's these numbers seem really low, uh, basically 0.25% of multifamily loans. Uh, but historically speaking, that's very, very high. That's Like I said, that's our highest since 2012. Um, and uh, so it's going to be uh, interesting. Now, a lot of these multifamily uh, properties that are in delinquency are, are bigger multifamily, right? Bigger than what Greenville MLS would have. Uh, nonetheless, I think that this is going to have a trickle-down effect. Remember, a lot of multifamily properties have uh, mortgages that aren't 30-year fixed-rate mortgages, and so people have to refinance those mortgages, and if they have to, as they have to refinance them, they might be refinancing from a 3% to a, well, probably not 3%, but maybe like a 35 4% up to a seven, seven and a half percent because it's going to be more than what your owner occupant 30 year fixed rate mortgage on a single family home is going to be. Uh, so if we're at 6.6% for that, you know, for to purchase multifamily that you're not living in, you're probably a, a tad higher than that. Um, but we're seeing some, some rumblings in 
uh, in what's happening in nationwide and multifamily. I think that's going to uh, continue here. We came really close this year. Um, so through December 26, so through yesterday, we had 92 multifamily sales for this year. Last year was 95. The year before that was 92. So we've been knocking on the door of 100. I think we're going to get there this year. And I don't think we're just going to like ring the bell of 100. I think we're going to surpass it uh, perhaps even into the 110s, something like that. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that we're just going to see more and more people offloading their multifamily properties because they're not performing the way they thought they would. They overspent. Uh, they, they can't refinance, whatever the case may be. Prediction number nine um, I'm predicting that foreclosures and foreclosure sales for single family specifically will increase slightly but remain well below pre pandemic norms. Um, remember, as we've kind of already discussed uh, in, in previous episodes, COVID borrowers have a lot more options than ever before to ensure that their delinquencies don't turn into foreclosures and to ensure that their pre-foreclosures don't result in them just losing a home outright. Not to mention that people have so much equity in their homes that they can usually sell before going into foreclosure. The only exceptions are the people that you know maybe purchased the past year. If they overspent the past year in Greenville, uh, they might be in trouble. I see some data, you know, in some other markets where, you know, properties that were bought a couple of years ago for 700000 are now selling for half that. We're, we've not seen anything close to that in Greenville. We didn't even see anything close to that in 2000, between 2008 and 2012. Um, but we will see, I think, a slight up, uptick in foreclosures, but they will still remain very, very low historically. And I'm going to sh- pull up another chart for you guys here, if you're watching on YouTube. I've got two actually to show you. So we'll start with this one. Uh, Mortgage delinquencies and foreclosures by period past due. Uh, So if you're looking at the video for this, we've got uh, in purple or blue 30 and 60 day delinquencies, and then in yellow 90 days, and then in red uh, properties that are actually in the foreclosure process. And if you look at that red, what's in the foreclosure process, it's about the lowest on here. I mean, there are a few that were slightly lower, but it's not not very much that has ever been lower. Not very many months or years that we've ever had lower than 2023. I think that's going to continue in the 2024. Um, and if you look at all of them combined, it's also, what, the third lowest ever, all time. Uh, as, and this chart goes back to 2002. Um, so that's what we're classifying as all time. Um but uh, mortgage uh, delinquencies and foreclosures for 2023, insanely low. Um, and uh, I think that that's going to continue. We'll see a slight increase in 2024, uh, but it's not going to be so much of an increase that it's going to uh, dramatically shift anything uh, you know, in the market as a whole. Here's another uh, chart for me to show you guys. Distressed property sales trends. And what I find interesting about this is you've got the uh, bank-owned sales, foreclosure auction sales, and pre-foreclosure sales. Um, So the bank-owned sales and the foreclosure auction sales, those are actual foreclosures. And so this data only goes uh, back to 2022 because we don't have the 23 data yet. And these are just annual annual charts. 
Um, but 2022 was second only to 2021 in terms of low foreclosure sales. And what we're seeing is in recent years, we've seen an uptick from uh, 2019 in pre-foreclosure sales, okay? So a big increase in pre-foreclosure sales. What does that mean? That means people are selling their home uh, before they really get underwater. Uh, and so they they start missing a few payments. They, they find themselves a little bit underwater. That's okay. I've got tons of equity in my house. I'm just going to sell my house, get out from under, and then go rent or stay with a family member or buy something a lot cheaper. And so this is what's happening. This is the new normal. And again, you, for some of you listening are probably like, well, that, that that's common sense. I already knew that was going to happen. Listen, you go on Twitter, Reddit, TikTok. People are not saying this, right? A, it, it, a lot of people out there are saying we are going to see an influx of foreclosures. All these Airbnbs are going underwater. Um, all these apartments are going underwater. We're going to see foreclosures worse than what we ever saw in the Great Recession. Um, that is... There are more people saying that than there are people saying what I'm saying, which is that foreclosures and foreclosure sales will only have a slight increase, but will stay well below pre-pandemic norms. Um, so uh, this is a bold prediction. Even if you're listening and you're just like, oh, I already knew that. You're just more well-informed than the rest of the populace. And probably some of that is because you listen to my podcast, which I appreciate you guys doing. Not to be too braggadocious here. All right, bold prediction number 10. Uh, I saved... I don't know if it's the best for last, but I saved the thing that people tend to be most interested in for last, and that is prices. You guys know when we're measuring what the market is doing, the main thing we look at in terms of prices is the median prices, and I'm predicting that the median prices in Greenville MLS, um, as measured by the Greater Greenville Association of Realtors, will rise by 3 to 6% for the entire year of 2024. So I think after we look at 2024 in a nutshell, we'll see that prices raised by roughly 6%. Right now for 2023, um, we don't, again, have the December data yet, but it's looking like it's going to be around 3% for the year for 2023. I'm predicting that will be the minimum the 2024 sees. I think we're going to see between 3 to 6% increase in the median sales price which is loosely correlated to appreciation. So you can it's you you wouldn't be inaccurate to say that what I'm predicting is that homes will appreciate in value by roughly 3 to 6% uh, for the entire year of 2024. Although I will say I think we may see some negative month on month prints, right? Uh, which is not uncommon. Uh, we may even see a few year on year prints that are uh, that are in the negative. But once we take the entire year, right? After we get to the end of 2024, we take the entire year. I think we're going to see appreciation, excuse me, on the uh, on the end of 3 to 6% uh, for those medium prices. So uh, that's it. Those are my 10 bold predictions for 2024. I'm curious to hear if you guys have any bold predictions or if you agree or disagree. You can let me know with my contact information in the show notes. Please make sure you don't miss out on the giveaway that I will be doing, that I will be announcing for next episode. Listen to the previous episode from this one if you want to hear how to get involved with that. Um, But you can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs. And just remember, as always, 
you don't want to miss future episodes of this. I mean, I've got a lot of great content coming for you guys in 2024, so please subscribe, rate, review, do all of those wonderful things. I hope you guys, again, had a wonderful, happy new year. Here's to a fantastic 2024, and we will talk again next time.